Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Corey Pons is back at quarterback now. Corey's in the end zone. Gets it away. Deep down the middle. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Welcome to another edition of Something's Brewing. How's everybody doing? Episode number seven, getting close to Christmas time. And man, I don't know how you guys are doing, but I am ready to take a little bit of time off. Producer Dan, how are you? I'm done. <laughs> I hear you, Is man. Is Christmas over yet? No? Yeah. Okay, soon, right? Yeah, it's coming. It's, it's coming. coming. Okay. It's going to be it's, it's going to be great. It's the, it's the weird, most wonderful time of the year. Yeah, we're about 12 hours late than we have over the last few weeks. Oh, that's true. Because, um, by the way, yes, this episode is brought to you by smartbeers.com, who invites you to, if you're going to drink during the holidays, we encourage you to drink smart. That was really good. Thank and for keep us the team of, of Smart Beers, I did it in the first two minutes, so I think we're all cool now, right? All right. <laughs> so the reason why we couldn't do it last yeah, yesterday afternoon is because oh, I, right. I went to Knott's Berry Farm with the family during the holidays. Oh. On a, on a weekday. Oh, so that's your evening. priority? Your family is more important than this podcast? Um. Yes, Dan. <laughs> okay. Well, My wife is listening. Absolutely. Absolutely without yes. question. Okay. And without question in general. Yeah. Um, but had, <laughs> had a very nice time. But who wants to get on the freeway uh, at all in the afternoon or evening in Los Angeles? Yeah. No. So, but we had we did have a great time. So yeah, did you? I bet. So we're we're we're, we're recording on Friday. Uh, we're really excited to tell everybody we got a fantastic interview set up. Uh, like we said with Mr. Eric Chenoweth mm. from uh, the number one uh, college basketball team in the country, Kansas. So uh, uh, McDonald's All American. Uh, draft picked of the New York Knicks. So we got a great interview that Dan and I both did together. That's true. I, I thought that we. I thought both of us did a fantastic I job. I thought it was great. And I have actually even heard of a bunch of the teams that he's been on. Yeah? yeah. You heard of that team from China? No. No, not heard of that. <laughs> the heard of Fu Xinjiang? The, the Virgin... No, I've not <laughs> heard of the Chinese. No. All right. So, so for those of you joining us for the first time and for all of our loyal listeners, uh, make sure you stick around because we've got a great interview really, with Eric Chenoweth. Yeah, he's and, a, he's a, a lot of r- real stories. And uh, just like the show... Um, uh, I, I think you're going to like it. And you know what I was thinking the other day, Dan? No. You know the movie Facebook? Um, the, the movie Facebook. You know the... the you know, <laughs> when you said you know the movie Facebook, I thought you were talking about the movie Face Off. Yeah. So I was like, With why Nicolas is he bringing Cage? up Face Off? I actually love <laughs> Nicolas Cage movies, too. My wife hates Nicolas Cage. I actually right. love him. Oh, good. But what if Nicolas Cage played uh, the founder of Facebook? Eric Chenoweth? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, that'd be... Ooh, interesting. Movie pitch. He'd have to get taller. Okay, so, so the Facebook movie, which I think my, is called The Social Network. Right. Not to be a so my point movie, is... Yeah. In the Facebook movie, The Social yes. Network, yes, sir. there's a part where uh, Mark Zuckerberg's character is in the dorm room and everyone wants to monetize everything. And, yes. he, and he has this, this sort of aloof attitude, even better than Mark Zuckerberg's real life aloof attitude. <laughs> um, and he's like, we don't even know what it is yet. We don't know what it could become. Right. I admit I had a vision of we don't even know what something's brewing really is yet. No, we don't. And we don't know what it could become. We don't know. 
Listen, in two years, we could be in front of some subcommittee in <laughs> being, questioned. Congress, being questioned about the amount of power that we're wielding in the entertainment. And I so, don't know. I, and, and that's my point. You, you feel me? I feel you. All right. Mr. So, Paz, can you explain to us, please, sir? <laughs> <laughs> when I Google coolest man alive, a picture of you comes up. Why is that? It's because... Is Dan tr tricking the system? <laughs> Who does Dan know with Google? <laughs> exactly. Did you see the Google testimony? That oh, my awesome. God. It's awesome. Hey, <laughs> no, sir, it's not possible to uh, mess with the algorithm. Yeah, I don't care what you say. <laughs> oh, really? But I want to make it very clear. I'm always doing it and what's in the best interest of the employees at Google and humanity in general. Next question, please. And the stockholders. But Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot about that. <laughs> All right. So so moving on. Quick college football recap. Next week is going to be um, – I, I, I told you this a little bit about this uh, earlier, Dan, or last week off the record. But next week I'm going to do a, uh, a traveling show with oh, one of my yeah. college teammates – uh, about all of the big bowl games. We're going to do your a college teammates. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So we're not going to be in studio for those of you that are going to be, uh, you know, worried that the, the sound quality is not going to be as good as it, as it has been the last four or five weeks. But I, I'm going to be traveling to San Diego and doing a, uh, a traveling show nice. with one of my college teammates. So I'm pretty excited nice. about that. But back to the college football recap. Yes, sir. So really only one that I want to talk about or care about is that Arizona State Pac-12 team got beat in a bowl game by Fresno State. Mm -hmm. And Fresno State, you know, beat us, beat UCLA, and now they beat a Pac-12 team in a bowl game. And I have a, a, a good buddy that's a Fresno State person, and he is one of the most annoying Fresno State fans <laughs> ever. <laughs> so that's really all I want to talk about for college football yeah, from yeah. a recap standpoint, from a recruiting standpoint. There's a period which I know you don't know, Dan, which is the uh, you know the early signee process. Yeah, of I've, been, high I've been meaning to ask you about that. When when does all that happen? It's happening now. Oh, but shoot. officially, National Signing Day happens on February sixth. So I've mentioned multiple times that we're going to work on trying to get Chip Kelly in here. Yeah. There's no reason to recap what we did early. UCLA, uh, uh, understandably, has not done anything amazing in the early signing period. So we'll recap what we did from a from a high school signing bonus or signing bonus. I'm sorry. Oh. Watch out for the donors. No, we got uh, okay. there's, there's, no, there's, there's no such thing as these these college kids are going there for school. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, so we'll recap that in a in, in a in a few weeks. Uh, actually, yes. after it really happens um but back to the college basketball recap so not a big uh you know not a big change in college basketball from right. in regards to the top 10 and uh kansas is still number one in college basketball Beautiful. so like we said i think it'd be a perfect opportunity to bring in mr eric chenoweth all-star from kansas the top basketball team in the country McDonald's All-American from 1997. Eric, how are you, sir? I'm great, Corey. How you doing, man? Uh, I can't complain. Don't forget to say hi to producer Dan. What's up, Dan? Hey, Eric. I feel bad that we don't have some kind of applause sound effect for you or something. Some sort of major crowd cheer. 
wave sound or something. I'm sorry. Well, he was so a basketball sorry. player, so he's not used well, to like that a, big of a crowd. A, a money sound or something <laughs> stupid like that. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so we we thought it'd be great uh, to bring in the Something Bruins listeners uh, t- uh, to an inside scoop on some, uh, you know, a, a super famous good friend from the from the college basketball ranks. Obviously, with the fact that Kansas is number one, Kansas. Uh, you're playing fantastic any game they play is a big game but Eric we, we thought we could start it off by you know if you could remind everyone uh, where else were you considering uh, coming out of high school and and why did you ultimately choose Kansas yeah thanks man um, it was interesting my, my freshman year in high school I was playing baseball as well too and then I got a letter from UCLA I remember um, Jim Herrick wrote me a letter and so that was my first basic scholar, you know scholarship offer so UCLA was the first school to really recruit me. Um, obviously, the great staff back then with Lorenzo Romar and Steve Lavin and Mike Godfrey. I mean, they were, you know, had some good teams back then. They and, you're from, and you're from five. California, obviously. Yeah, I'm, I grew up in Orange, and so I knew about UCLA and John Wooden and and his, you know, all the things that he did there with, uh, um, um, you know, Bill Walton. I played uh, traveling ball with Luke Walton. And so, you know, I, I just knew UCLA very, very well. But then – Obviously, so UCLA was there, um, you know, Kansas, Duke, um, Notre Dame, Indiana, Kentucky, and Utah. I kind of narrowed it down to I basically picked one school from each conference and then just kind of went from there. And then I took unofficial visits because I wanted to commit early and not have stress during my senior year and just be carefree and have fun. So I took all my visits. I committed to Kansas on August 1st after the recruiting period. Uh, It was actually Coach Williams' birthday, so it was a nice moment for us. Uh, yes. And, um, and then, uh, yeah, I went to Kansas. I mean, obviously Kansas recruited me really, really hard. They were at every single one of my games the entire month of July on the, the, the traveling circuit. And then, you know, first time I stepped foot in Allen Fieldhouse, I was like, okay, this is it. <laughs> you know, it's all downhill from there. So that, that was basically it. And then, uh, chose Kansas. I didn't go to Kansas. I probably gone to Utah to play for Majerus. Yeah. Uh, cause he was such a, such a great guy and he was, um, you know, he's not with us anymore, but I just really enjoyed his company. And so right when you walked, you know, onto, you know, Kansas's campus, uh, you, you tell us a little bit about, you know, what it's like going, going to school in a, in a smaller town. I know Lawrence isn't podunk Kansas because yeah. it's obviously a college town, but you know, I, I'm unfamiliar going to school in LA obviously. So what was it like being literally the big man on campus? <laughs> well, it wasn't because we had we had Ray Florence and Paul Pierce, so I was a little lower the totem pole. Obviously, what about I'm, from a physical like, standpoint? Oh, you were bigger than those guys. Yeah, I guess I was bigger than <laughs> those guys. But now, for clarification, say, say, how tall is Eric? Just so I can get a sense of six eleven. No, I'm seven one. <laughs> yeah, I'm seven one. Oh but uh, I was about two two thirty five, two forty five when I stepped on campus. So yeah, um, I'll t- I'll say this. I was I'm guaranteed I was better looking than Rich. So I was the, the better looking big man. <laughs> no and he still has yeah. a and and Eric still has a great head of hair, unlike both of you and I, Dan. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I, thanks that. to my um, thanks to my grandpa Lowell, my mom's my mom's dad. So thanks for that. So it was funny, though. I'll tell you, it wasn't like people said, like, a culture shock or something crazy. It wasn't like that. It was obviously there's people from the Midwest. So I was, you know, first day of class, I'm walking on campus. I got rainbow flip-flops. I got split 55 cargo shorts cut off with a, you know, a, a yellow Volcom shirt, you know, and maybe I had, like, some Oakleys on 
walking down campus. Everybody else was, yeah, no, 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 I don't want to rock those like you, bud. And so I, and then everybody else was wearing like polo khaki shorts and, you know, uh, you know, a polo shirt tucked in like very Midwest with like Sperry's and the whole deal. So like I'm walking in, these guys are like, who's this guy from California, whatever, you know, but I, I am who I am. Right. And so it's funny though, because I was wearing cargo shorts and nobody wore cargo shorts in 1997. And then sure enough, like I remember like my senior year, like the, the trends had moved to the Midwest. So like everybody was wearing rainbow flip-flops, cargo shorts, you know, they weren't wearing like Volcom or Quicksilver shirts, but they were at least, you know, getting some kind of style, you know, just so right. yeah. But that was, I, I remember that. And then when they got, once it got cold, it was like, good night. And I was just, you know, any Eddie Bauer, the big, big and tall jacket I could find, I was wearing. Sure. <laughs> and, and and we, I, I've read uh, online. I did a little research because, as if we weren't good enough friends, um, you were in a fraternity as well. I was a Sigma Nu. Yes. Uh, yeah. Were you in a fraternity at UCLA? No, they they didn't let. Uh, they strongly frowned upon it for uh, the scholarship football players to be in fraternities <laughs> at UCLA. But. Um, but if I was going to be in a fraternity at, at UCLA, it would have been Sigma Nu or Sigma Chi. So we're, we're, okay. we're, we're cool. practically brothers. Yeah. So, well, so, and I wasn't like a full fledged, like, like, I didn't go through Rush and all those different things. I did as much as I could. I did who's my gonna interviews. Haze, and who's going to haze him, Dan? He's a <laughs> yeah. 200, well, yeah. No. Yeah. Well, we did the Century Club. I remember like on Yellow Night. And I remember that was a long night. But um, I, I didn't have time. It was, but it was great because the, the, the house was like right on campus. So I could like go to class, break at lunch, and they had a spread every day. And then I'd go back to class. And so, because uh, we actually went to class at Kansas, unlike some other schools. And so uh, it was great. I, I still have friends to this day. I, I actually, um, donate money every once in a while they're doing some renovations to the house and then every year i go back for a kansas game and uh every year we go back and i kidnap a kid and take him out in lawrence with me so oh, that's, that's, a, cool. that's an event yeah, yeah nice. so it's, i'm still close to the house yeah so how about sure. your, your in your playing days there uh can you give us any uh any uh, memorable moments that sort of stick out in your mind that uh was just obviously you know one of a kind experience uh, on the college basketball court God, Besides so playing many. in Allen Fieldhouse every home game. Yeah. Like, well, senior night at Allen Fieldhouse is like the best ever. I mean, they they announce everybody who's standing in the middle of the court. It was like a 10 minute standing ovation. They're throwing flowers. I mean, it's it's a really, I got the chills just thinking about it now. But uh, I'll be honest with you, man. We were rated top five all four years out there. And so my freshman year, we got knocked yeah. out in the second round by Rhode Island. They had, they, they had Katina Mobley, Tyson Wheeler. They killed us. And Jim Herrick was a coach, ironically enough. You know, my sophomore year, uh, we lost to Duke. My, um, I'm, my, I'm sorry, we lost to Kentucky in the in the in the Superdome. Um, we had them beat, but they hit a last second three to go to overtime and beat us. My junior, year, we lost to Duke in Winston Salem, North Carolina. And then my senior year, um, we lost to Illinois in the um, in San Antonio at the Alamo Dome to when, when Bill Self was a coach at Illinois. So. I'll be honest with you and your competitor like me, so you might remember this. You remember the losses much more than you remember the wins. Right. So for me, like I, it, it's still emotional to these days. And, and, and I, it bothers me still that I never went to a final four, never won a national championship. So those are honestly the things I remember, but going back, I mean, watching Paul Pierce have a, you know, 18 0 streak by himself against uh, Oklahoma at home on senior night when he was a junior, we knew it was the last game at Kansas 
um, you know, winning the Big 12 Conference as a freshman, winning the Big 12 Conference Championship as a sophomore, going to the Sweet 16 as a senior. Like, those are some things that I can hang my hat on. Oh. But, so, like, you only remember the games that we you wish you would have won. So, so, Dan, you got to admit, that was a pretty good art of humble bragging. He that just was did fantastic. There. Wasn't that pretty yeah, good? He, he's a master level for sure. What are you talking about? <laughs> we, we talk on the show all the time about how I'm a, a, I have mastered the art of humble bragging, and you just did it beautifully, so thank you. I did it because I, I actually – we're going to get into Kansas basketball later, and we're the number one team in the country right now. There's For every article about us being number one, there's 10 saying what's wrong with our team. Right. And when you're in a program like Kansas – if you don't win the national championship, the season is a complete failure. That's it. Like right. no questions about oh, it. It's yeah. like you didn't win the championship. That was a waste of time on to the next year. Right. And so when I say I won the Big 12 and this and that and did some nice things. That was still a failure it, in it, your it, mind. Maybe a humble brag to you, but like to me, like people like Kansas fans are like, oh, yeah, well. He's making a good point. He's older no, yes. than me. He's more mature, and that's right. why he does what he just did. Um, so, oh. but you know, like, I hate, I dislike UCLA fans that act like UCLA basketball is still in the John Wooden era. You know, they're like, like, oh my, because UCLA will always be a basketball school over a football school. Uh, but before we move on to the to the next stage of your career, uh, Eric, I, I do have to tell remind my listeners. I told a story last last week about how we played at Kansas one year when I was, uh, you know, in college, uh, you know, your football team was, you guys probably, we probably would have had a, a harder game if you could put the basketball team out there. But um, my buddies, my buddies spent uh, that evening bar hopping in Lawrence, Kansas, and they rented a uh-huh. school bus and they bar hopped yeah. in Lawrence, Kansas. Is that, so that's yeah, a real that's cool. thing. That's how we did it all the time. So we. <laughs> oh, that's a thing. So it's confirmed. Oh, you, wow. Well, yeah, the, the frats were dry. So you would have to have parties uh-huh. off campus. So we had we had the schoolhouse, which was an old, you know, early 19th century schoolhouse that was converted into like a big party hall. Um, there was the teepees, which was like, you know, go figure teepees. There's just open areas to have big parties where you take buses in. And then there's, you know, keg parties and you take buses back to campus, basically how it works. All right, so, so, so we're yeah. not full of shit, Dan. Right, right. No. Okay. All right. Well, so You are, but not on that one. <laughs> not so. about the school bus. Great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So moving on. So you, you, moving into the NBA, you get drafted as the 43rd pick overall in the 2001 NBA draft. So I'm jealous because I signed a free agent contract in the NFL. I can't even even pretend that I was drafted. So talk a little bit about that. You went to the New York Knicks, uh, you know, Jeff Van Gundy. I, I understand you have a great relationship with him. Um, t- t- <laughs> talk a little bit about your, your, you know, how that process was and how exciting it was. I'm sure you wanted to go higher, but t- tell us about that. Here, and before I get to that, though, here's you might call it a humble brag, <clears throat> but had I left it for my sophomore year, I'd probably been a top 15 pick, decided to come back. Obviously, Drew, Drew Good and Nick Hollison came along, took a lot of the time and minutes, and I had some injuries. And so, you know, eventually I was the second-round pick later on. But it's interesting, you know, the experience I had if I left early opposed to when I came back. And so I remember before the draft, I think I had like 25 workouts with different teams. We had the Combine in Phoenix and uh, Chicago back then. Now they just have Chicago. Um, you know, I didn't expect to be a first-round pick. If I was going to go in the first round, it would be late first with Houston, but they obviously didn't pick me. Um, second round came around and I was like, okay, um, I was talking to my agent and I was like, I hope I don't get picked actually, because then you have freedom to go wherever you want. Whereas if you're a second round pick, there's no guarantee 
but you're stuck with that team and, and they're you kind of at their mercy. And so, mm-hmm. you know, 40, 40s came around and I remember the deputy commissioner at the time came up to the podium and had the card and goes, New York, you're really going to love this one. You know, with the 43rd pick, the New York Knicks select Eric Chenoweth. And then the, it was in Radio City Music Hall, the whole deal. And like, <laughs> I don't think there was one cheer. It was more booze than you've ever probably heard. And then, <laughs> you know, I, I went home with my parents and like, my mom starts screaming and freaking out. My dad, we're all jumping around. We had a great moment. Um, and then obviously, you know, Jeff Van Gundy and, and Scott Layden called and, you know, you're just elated. And then, um, and so, you know, you're on a flight the next day. So I was out to, in the, the Knicks facilities in, you know, SUNY Purchase, which is like an hour north of the city. And so I was staying at the, a, re, a Marriott residence in and working out every day with, with Jeff Van Gundy and, and uh, Steve Clifford, who was an assistant, and Tom Thibodeau, who was assistant as well, too. Me and the other pick, uh, Michael Wright, you know, rest his soul, it, every day for six hours in this hot gym with no AC, you know, leading up to camp. And so, I mean, literally it was, it was the end of June, July, we had summer league in Boston, August, September, and then camp starts in October. And then leading up to, to, to camp, you know, uh, at the end of September, and this is after September 11th, and I happen to be on 42nd and 2nd in New York City on September 11th doing a, an appearance for, the, uh, for Pfizer Pharmaceuticals, a healthy living um, campaign they were doing. And so I actually had to, you know, walk out of the city and catch a train out and the whole deal. It was pretty traumatic. We could talk about that later if you want. But so I was like, okay, I had earned my stripes, paid my dues all summer, you know, went through this. I felt like a real New Yorker at the time. And then a week before camp, you know, Van Gundy pulls me and he goes, hey, just want to let you know you're not going to make this team and you're not going to spend a second playing for me. And I was like, <laughs> tell me how you really okay. feel. Wow. So <laughs> well, thank you. Did you really put it that way? Sort of Oh yeah, yeah, he did. And so uh, wow. I call my agent. I'm like, well, this is a conversation I just had. He's like, well, let me get you out of there. So they re- they renounced my rights. And then, um, uh, you know, I went to Sacramento for camp with the Kings and got cut there. And then my journeyman of a career started from there. But it was funny because um, I found out later that Scott Layden, the, the director of player personnel, I think he was a team president at the time, really liked me and, and wanted to draft me. And then I was available. And um, they were the war room kind of going around and everybody's throwing our names. And then Scott kind of pounded the table and said, we're going with Chenoweth. And half the room was like, yeah, okay. And then half the room sat back and slapped the foreheads and were like, oh no. And so it was, <laughs> so I was kind of like destined to, to fail at, to, to, at the start. But um, still, I'll be honest, it's crazy. I never played one game for the Knicks, but anytime I go back there, their front office and the people that work there are amazing you know, they last time I was there, they gave me tickets to a game, and they are it, it, of all the franchises in the NBA. Like the Knicks, really is a family, and they're really a well-run organization. Regardless of what they've done, they do take care of their players. Yeah, you re- know? regardless so, of what Stephen A. Smith says about him. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's a Philly guy, so he's you know whatever. But um, so yeah, my 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 experience in New York was was a very interesting one. It's not the experience that Sam Donald's having right now. It's pretty opposite for two kids <laughs> <Exactly>. County. <laughs> So, you know, you, you know, t- talking a little bit more about the rest of your journeyman uh, professional career. Uh, so a couple of highlights that you've played all over the place. But do you, do you have any good stories? Let's start with uh, the Port Hortes in France. Uh, how, was, how was France? That's funny. Port Hortes in France was a pretty interesting experience. Um, you know, I played. Shouldn't I say Port Francais. <laughs> 
it's you're just you're sending shivers down my spine with that with all the the, the <laughs> memories i had over there um so i had a really good rookie year in the d league and then the season ended pretty early so i joined Artes. they were number one team in france and we actually won the french cup when i was there uh the first time they did that in 60 years which was a pretty big deal um but you know living in france as a 21 year old you practice twice a day it was it was not the best experience in the world um you know it's basically there to make some cash and come home I actually started developing a back injury there too which kind of ended my career a few like you know eight years later but um france was interesting i mean i just it's a different style and different culture of basketball than the states so a little uh, uh, a little soft not uh not necessarily <laughs> soft just i just I mean, it's a long time ago, so the, the style of play has changed a lot. But I just, it wasn't for me. I was I was coming from camp with the you know or, you know working with the Knicks, running a you know Pat Riley offense to now going over to France. It, it was running on his NBA offenses and then going and playing European offense, which is like kind of how the the Warriors play now, moving the ball, shooting, and different things like that, which is a great brand of basketball. But being a seven footer doesn't really you don't really right. fit those categories so, so how about how about what happens when you end up in Fuzhangxing, china <laughs> china china was a trip man <laughs> i was there for like a, i was only there for a month um interesting what, enough the team what, I city? For, what city Junjun, i think it was southern southern oh the southern china. province oh, yeah, you know Junjun. yeah, yeah sure. that, i have a, i have a factory there <laughs> you know what factory was there which one so the owner of my team owned YYK zippers. So oh, the no. big, I'm not kidding. Yeah. The biggest, everybody, if, if you look at your zipper right now, it's going to say YYK on it. It's oh, just the sure. biggest. I'm a hundred percent. And so, um, I was over there. I was only there for like a month, six weeks or something like that. The, the arena we played in was like Staples center, state of the art, beautiful arena. I mean, this place is amazing. And across the street, they were building a soccer stadium and they broke ground. I remember right when I, right around when I got there, when I left six weeks later, it was a completed, almost finished, done. like home <laughs> Home Depot Center soccer stadium. Holy they had they had three crews going twenty four hours a day. Yeah. And it was it was insanity. I mean, zero, yeah, whole, zero so. workers comp laws. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> no, it, I did, yeah, no, no actual like, pay, but they worked like. I that. don't think he got breaks very much either. But it was insane what they did there. Wow. And then the owners. It was funny. The owner's son was like sixteen, seventeen, and he would sit on the bench with us. And this is when like the Backstreet Boys were kind of big. And so he would like have this comb over side thing and would sit on the bench and smoke cigarettes on the bench and yell at the coach during a game. And there's like <laughs> 10 to 15,000 people. That's awesome. In, in the 10 to 15,000 people at the game, it's a big deal over there. We're playing and this kid's like legs crossed, little, you know, little kid with hair part combed over and like, Cussing out the coach and smoking cigarettes during the game. It, it was, I mean, that's, that's that is amazing. It's a Saturday Night Live skit. Yeah. yeah. But like, and then I got there. You know, it was just. I mean, it's a trip, dude. I, I can't even start to explain. You know, and and then you know, I just. So you round out. So you round out a cultural uh, experience with you know France, uh, China, and then uh, at the Carajeros de Santiago. Uh, in uh, uh, Puerto Rico. How was that? Yeah. Uh, Santurce, actually. The owner of my team was actually Ricky Martin's manager. So he was he made his money 
He actually had Ricky Martin Ooh. and Manon. Oz actually really like Ricky. I like Manon a lot. They're a great band. Lots of fun uh, in the locker room. That oh, I yeah. <laughs> Wait, with Ricky Martin? Yeah, he's, uh, oh. just, keep moving. <laughs> I, I'm going to. Um, so that team was pretty cool because we were the number one team in Puerto Rico. Uh, we had some guys on the team that actually beat Team USA in the Olympics, and there were some gold medals, you know, medals on the team, which was wow. kind of cool. Um, and so though, Puerto Rico's great because there's a game every other day, small, tight, you know, hot gyms. There's probably, you know, 4,000 people per game. It's all over the island. Great league. Uh, first year there, I had a great experience um, playing, played really well. Um, and then actually, came, I went there three times, actually. The first time I went there, um, had a great experience. You know, um, we went to the finals. They actually ended up cutting me before the finals because they wanted to bring in some other guy. They ended up losing in the finals, which is fine with me. And then the next year I went back and played for a team called Caguas. And Caguas, it, it, there's, a, there's a theme about playing overseas, and we call it getting funny with the money. So it's not like you know, <laughs> where. All right, pay attention, out, Dan. This yeah. is gonna be good. You fill out a ten four, and you get your your W two earnings, and it comes every two weeks. It, they get funny with the money. I've had I've been paid cash in a shoebox. I've had money wired. I've had checks. I, there's every different form of payment possible I've had playing overseas, and I have some teammates that had some even better stories playing in Russia or wherever they were. Just getting a duffel bag of cash and then depositing <laughs> and it stolen, next yeah. week. In the next week, getting a duffel bag of cash and kind of looking in at it and like noticing, wow, this might be the same money I'm getting paid, but hey, it's deposited in wire. <laughs> so it's on. So I was in Puerto Rico and they were getting funding with the money, and I was there for like six weeks. They didn't pay me, and so I was like, all right, I call my agent. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to be. I'm not here for free. Like I got, you know, I have all the opportunities. It, somewhere else in the world I can play and actually get paid, what have you. And so this team, they strung me out for, I don't know, eight weeks. And then finally, the I was like, all right, I told my agent, like, listen, I'm going to lose one more week and then I'm just going to go back home. I have to re- You always get a return ticket. You always get a return <laughs> oh, ticket. You thank never God. Get a, Write that down. You always get a return ticket. Yeah, always have a return ticket. And it's open, right? So um, I had and this team, Cogwas, won the championship the year before. And so they had a ton of, you know, I think they had money, whatever. But I had a brand new Ford Expedition for my rental car that I could drive around, right? And I had like a half a tank of gas in it. And this is like Tuesday. So I was like, all right. I was going anywhere I could to burn this gas down because I was like, there's no way I'm going to leave a drop of gas in this car. And then finally when they say we're not paying you, um, I was like, all right, I'm out. So I booked my flight the next for like that Friday. And I was on like E, like I had to be on fumes in this thing, right? And so I was like, these guys, you know what? I'm gonna find a way to get back at them. So I waited until this thing was shaking. <laughs> Drove up to the American Airlines curb, rolled the windows down, turned the heat on, cranked the stereo, got out of the car, left it running, went into the airport, checked on, went through security, checked my flight, Left the left the island <laughs> with the car in the terminal. Yes, highway. yes. Nice. Just, <laughs> you don't you don't mess. So you don't mess with this. So I get home the next day. My agent calls me. And goes, hey, Eric, uh, got an interesting call from Puerto Rico about <laughs> your departure. And I'm like, what's that? And he goes, did you leave your car running in uh, the loading zone? I'm like, yeah. Why would you do that? I'm like, well, they owe me. They owe me twenty thousand dollars. They're not paying me. At least I'm going to get them back for five grand for five grand for a tow and impound and whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know what? So he's like, 
Your days in Puerto Rico are done, Eric. That's it. And so I was like, don't. They, they didn't pay you me know, anyway. Pretty broke care about it, I'm sure. Yeah. And so it's funny. So how about this? The next year comes around. These are summer jobs. So a team in, in Puerto Rico actually brought me back the next summer. And we were playing really well. We were on a run. I actually broke my hand in the finals, game one of the finals, in the three-game series. And so I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm flying home. Well, that night, the, the team owner took me out for drinks and started building a, ca- a pile of cash in front of me to come out and play with my broken hand. And so <laughs> he got up. That is persuasive. Swear to God. He started <laughs> at like four grand. I got him up like 7,500 bucks. And so I was like, all right. So the next day, I had my hand wrapped up like you would an NFL player in a game and then went out and played one-handed. Uh, actually played really well, which was hilarious. <laughs> and then um, we lost, and then I flew home, and that was it. But my experiences in Puerto Rico were were pretty, pretty interesting. Now, yeah. let me ask you, did this particular owner make sure that he drove you to the airport and didn't let yeah. you drive yourself? <laughs> yeah. He, did I have a team i think i had a car so yeah but they were but they were cool they paid me and they paid me more than yeah that. apparently right yeah yeah so it was all good hand in so are bills. you seeing the connection here Dan? <laughs> obviously my professional experience for a brief time in the nfl and then in canada is like look at how much fun these guys got oh he's have. having a ball i mean and they don't get tackled right oh that's well, true in theory anyway right <laughs> you got to pretend your knee hurts every once in a while but that's really pretty much it <laughs> Yeah, well, it's not fun being all these world, being in all these weird places of the world with no yeah, friends. No way. That that sucks. But but, but hey, I'm, I'm glad laugh and tell about it now. Yeah, and Eric, and, exactly. and and at the, and let's but let's be honest too. Like, there's not a chance in hell, other than getting drafted in the first five picks and having a 20 year NBA career, you wouldn't trade it for anything. Am I right? Uh, I would trade it for my medical bills that I'm sustained over the years. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, yeah, I do look back. I love the honesty on this guy, huh? Great, yeah. Great <laughs> and I, I, a lot of people have learned from my experiences, definitely. I mean, and I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, you can take this as a humble brag if you want or not, but after I fell to the second round, there was a big change where guys just said, screw it, I'm one and done or going out of high school. It really changed things because – there was me and a couple other examples of guys that came back. And so your window to get to the league is very small. Yeah. And so if you have your chance, you got to take it. And so people will say, because if you stay another year, it's a devaluation period. It's not an evaluation period. Sure. And so my story, I use a lot and help, you know, give not advice and guidance sometimes, but not, um, I never tell someone what they should or shouldn't do. I just tell them my story and then ma- let them make a decision from there. So. Well, I can tell you one thing. Our listeners are going to make a pretty positive decision about how they feel about you. I, I, what do you <laughs> well, think, Dan? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Good. Thanks. So uh, moving on, uh, Eric, like, one more thing before before we let you go. And again, we really appreciate you you spending some time with us on the holidays. Um What's your opinion of the holidays, having a little kid? And do you think that kids should have more toys, or do you think we should pull back a little bit? What do you think? Definitely we should pull back. Holidays are amazing. My son's 22 months old, and we're having a blast with him. We actually just took him to see Santa this morning, which was pretty funny. Um, he loves Santa. He gets the concept already, so it's pretty awesome. Um, this is the first year he kind of gets Christmas, so we've gone completely and fully – insane over the top out of it's it's mm-hmm. <laughs> it, 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 we're setting ourselves up, ourselves up for failure as well too because if we don't keep this pace up for years following 
it's going to be, you know, bad news bears. But uh, <laughs> I think we should ring it back. I got my wife two nice things. I don't know what she got me. Obviously, um, you know, it's on my Amex, but we'll see what it, she got me. Um, and then I, I don't know. I, it, kids today are very spoiled and entitled, but my my kids definitely going to get spoiled this year. All right. Well, yeah, I, I got three daughters. I'm I'm screwed myself in the long run. Uh, but, but Eric, I, I would say this, you have been a fantastic guest. We want to thank you. And I want to ask for the ability to bring you on later on in the season as we get closer to the NBA tournament, because I think we're going to get a lot of positive feedback from our listeners that you're, you're going to need to be, uh, coming back, uh, more often than just this. So are, are you okay with committing to that now, uh, on air? A hundred percent, yes. And we can talk UCLA basketball next time too about the oh, next coach. Oh, I'm sorry. What's, I'm sorry. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, you know, Sam Sam Gilbert is no longer with us. So when he, if you look at the the, the time of his passing and the the success of, of, of UCLA basketball, they both kind of uh, correlated together. So. We'll have to talk about that as well, too. Oh, we, we'd be happy to. And hopefully next time you're, you're on, there's more to talk about uh, when it comes to UCLA <laughs> basketball. Because we're, I mean, we have a decent record, but we we lost to the only two, you know, top any, any top 30 teams that we played. We lost to both of them. So, um, but who knows? I mean, there's calls for Alford's head already. And, uh, and, and, and the, the group is up in arms. And we'll, we'll see what happens. But. Uh, you're a Southern California guy, so I, I, I'm sure you can appreciate a good UCLA team is, you know, quote unquote, good for the college football scene. But uh, yeah. I personally, I grew I grew up in the Midwest. I've always loved watching Kansas. Uh, I obviously love I, UCLA. I can tell you grew up in the Midwest from your accent, by the way. It's not hard to pick up on. <laughs> well, you know what else you can tell from why I'm from the Midwest? My overall attitude. <laughs> so I know what Deep it's side. like. Yeah, I know what it's like to shovel the driveway. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but hey, Eric, thank you again for joining us, man. Can't wait to have you on again. You have a great Christmas, and uh, thanks again, bro. Thank you. Same to you guys. Dan, I I thought I thought that was a pretty good interview. What did you think? I thought it was great. I think he's hilarious. I I agree. Apparently, Though, very tall. I'm hoping. <laughs> oh yeah. You can you imagine you standing next to him? No. Would I, be, I would love to see a picture of that. It would literally be like the movie Twins. <laughs> yes, it would. You know, with Arnold and Danny DeVito. Yeah, because he's what <laughs> seven one, and I'm five. I don't even know six and a half. I think I'm you're shrinking. five six and a half. I, I should be five seven, but I think I'm shrinking. So yeah, yeah. Okay, well, it, that would be an awesome picture. Do you know the part in the movie Twins where, <laughs> where Arnold Schwarzenegger is trying to convince Danny DeVito? He, that they're twins. I'm your twin. He's like, I and he goes, we're not identical twins. And Danny DeVito <laughs> goes, oh, obviously, from the moment I met you, I thought I was looking in a fucking mirror. <laughs> Remember when those guys were big, big, huge stars? Oh, oh yeah, don't have times have changed, but there's still there's still stars, and, and we gotta appreciate them. Two two of my favorite actors, neither one maybe necessarily winning Academy Awards, but still uh, fun people to watch. Oh man, right. So, uh, quick NFL recap. You know, your Steelers, now that we know that you have a hometown, you know, connection to them. I guess, yeah, yeah. So they're back. Yeah. They're hanging in there. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, and then from, from an NFL recap standpoint, things are still playing out. 
we we, I, we don't have a lot of time. We don't want to bore our listeners. Not as much NFL. We'll get more to that later. But from a standpoint of going forward and how well the NFL has set up their league, there is 15 plus games this week with playoff inv- implications. Like there this is, week, yeah, it's like it's amazing. There's so many things happening that could affect the playoffs going forward. Holy cow. So the the point is is that the parody aspect, the entertainment aspect, there is games that shouldn't mean anything that are mean everything. Wow. So we're going to watch that. Uh something's brewing. <clears throat> something's brewing was at uh the Rams um Eagles game, uh Sunday night football. So there was oh, yes. some yeah, there was something's brewing at Sunday night football. Yeah. Uh make sure we get that uh, posted onto the website, and I actually need to get the Sports Illustrated uh, pictures posted. Yeah, because you have some cool pictures. I, I, I do. I think so. Of, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Right. Let's do Speaking that. Speaking of uh, Sports Illustrated, so I, I recorded the replay. and That's right, because when we talked last, mm-hmm. it was you coming had been on that to night. the real thing, but right, it was on TV that after night. we talked. It was right? coming on that night when we posted it. So I missed it that night. But I found it on the, the following Sunday. So now <laughs> I have a recording. You remember how I said mezzanine and orchestra? Yes. I am on TV pretty much, I don't know, 60% of the broadcast. Oh, my God. To some extent. Really? Yeah. You can see my, my uh, monkey's butt uh, hair, uh, hair problem. <laughs> Is that what you call that? Yeah. Monkey's butt? Or skamica, skin yamica. <laughs> um, so That's I'm wild. all over TV. Got a couple not, I wouldn't call them close-ups, but- Definitely, but closer yeah. shots. Sure, sure. But yeah, all over That's TV. Awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, moving on to holiday party madness. I know we mentioned that I was you know last week we ended the show with the twelve days of Christmas. Yes. And then I said I was going to do Miley Cyrus at the Christmas at the holiday party. Yes. So not only did I <laughs> rock a uh, Christmas plaid suit, mm. okay, from mm-hmm. Oppa Suits. Mm-hmm. Um, Everyone kept saying, "Oh my God, that's so! This is so awesome!" And I and I couldn't even hide it. I'm like, "This suit costs 120 dollars." <laughs> so, fine, so, so, fine so to Italian put that in perspective, tailoring. don't light a cigarette near me. <laughs> right. Okay. This thing might go up in flames. <laughs> number one. Number two. I am so freaking hot. <laughs> I can't yeah. even tell you. Yeah. So here's one thing I do no, want to mention. No, you mean though. hot because it's a cheap suit? You. Personally, were perspiring, or you're damn sexy. I wasn't talking Christmas suit. I wasn't talking Zoolander hot. I wasn't oh. like this. You know, Hansel's so hot right now. Yeah. No, I was talking physically hot. Ah. And we had our our holiday party uh, downtown in in this like huge ultra club. Mm. So not only did I get to go up on stage with a DJ booth behind me, as if Calvin Harris was going to roll out and spin. <laughs> um, which my boss got behind me and spun behind me with the headphones on and like did the hand wave and everything. Which yeah, is your it. boss a big DJ? Is he, is he yeah, scratching he does, the beats? Yeah, yeah. He, he does it on the weekends. Um, but this club, it, like literally, you got to walk. You had to walk over homeless people to get to the club, right? Because it's downtown well, LA. LA. Yeah. And there's a there's a full on velvet rope, and it is a big club. After they closed down our party, they got it re ready for like Wiz Khalifa was going on that night. Oh. Yeah. And so I got to do like a two minute intro before I did the Miley Cyrus song. And I was contemplating saying something like, oh, it's the first time I've been to this club, not on ecstasy. (laughs) (laughs) 
even though I'd never been there before. Right. But I thought everyone, uh, there's laser lights. We had a light show. We had digital really? digital media happening. I literally thought that it would go over like a screen door on a, a submarine. Right. But I still thought everyone would get the point. But well, I, yeah. But I, I wimped out and I didn't say Oh, it. you didn't say No, it. no, I didn't. Oh, man. I made a couple, you know, okay jokes. And then I rolled it into Miley Cyrus. However, behind me, on a giant TV screen was playing the Miley Cyrus video to uh, Party in the USA while I rewrote the lyrics to it. And I'm just going to, I'm not going to, don't worry, I'm not going to do the whole thing, but I just want to hear, <laughs> we've talked about some of the, the you know, the cleverness. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Pulled up, I work, we work by LAX. I'm in the insurance business. That's true. That's and there's true. a lot of construction going on in our office. Just okay. remember that. All right, Ready? Will, yes. Rolled up to the office by LAX. My insurance day starts again. Welcome to the land of great service. Woo, better get your time cards in. <laughs> a jump from the cab always feels like as I'm, I'm out of time. Looking to my right and I see construction zone signs. This is all so crazy. Why can't I just be famous? My mind is turning in my A stand homesick. There's too much pressure and my nervous. That's when Elsa comes on. That's the the front desk girl, by the way. Okay. That's okay. when Elsa comes on the radio that the sales meeting's on. <laughs> that the sales meeting's on. <laughs> that the sales meeting's on. So we put our hands up. It's the holiday song. Let the stress fly away. Dodging the red like, yeah, you know, black and red, sure. like stay above budget or below. Yeah, yeah. Dodging the red like, yeah. <laughs> avoiding the dips like yeah we got our hands up this year has been long but you know we're gonna be okay yeah i was the best broker in the usa what do you think wow huh wow so i did that in front of the whole company well i mean not the, the whole, whole company but how many people would you say though 300 no yes <laughs> yeah and then they shot confetti out of a out of a cannon, right at the end, right well, at the crescendo. So yeah, it was so cool. Nice. Here's the one thing MTV I do want to mention. Awards. Though. Oh, I got so what? you know I always talk about my hair. I, you know, you, I'm, you, I'm you nervous. Do, yeah, you mentioned. I, I need to stop that. I was so nervous about my hair, and I didn't want to like look like that guy. I wore a wig, but it also gives me confidence. I wore a wig and sunglasses. It's almost like my crutch, if you will. And I'm not, but I. What but kind I, of wig are we talking about? I, we're talking a wig that matched my beard perfectly, and that it has just the right amount of gray, like a just for men wig. <laughs> oh my god! So I wore a, I wore a wig to feel Can more comfortable. Can we post this on the website? Of course, somethingsbrewing.com. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Oh my. So I just want to tell you that it, I was nervous about going into it, but I I That's, think I will be awesome. asked to do it again. Yeah. All right. So moving on. Uh, as we talked about two weeks ago, we wanted to, we'll do another recap of the pause laws. So pause law number two, mm. after pause law number one, which is keep a positive attitude at all times, number two is remember to pause and reflect. So we're going to talk about this for another just a few minutes, I promise you. It's the holiday season, so we want everyone to start thinking about getting your New Year's resolutions together. And when I say resolutions, I mean it because anyone who tries to make one gigantic big New Year's resolution, I don't know about you, Dan, but have you ever succeeded in that? No, it's too big. It's too it's too big. It's, it's too, too big. hard. So what I'd like everyone to consider doing is I'll, t I'll just tell you what I'm doing, which is I'm pausing and I'm reflecting on a couple key buckets in my life that I think, you know, take it for what it's worth. Try it. Don't try it. Whatever. Again, you made it this far into the broadcast. You're still listening. <laughs> so bucket number one, your wife or partner. 
All right. Focus on the pause and reflect aspect of your wife and partner. I'm going to focus on going into 2019, a continued commitment to the right level of communication and trying to uh, save money and not have to go see a shrink together. (laughs) Um, Next category. If you have kids, that's the next category. Uh, Notice I did the the wife or partner first because you got to take care of that first before it can be good to the kids, in my opinion. So now you take care of the kids. What I'm going to do is not let work affect the time that I am with the kids as much. That's mm, what I want to try and do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, I, and I've called it being present and being less short because my, our kids have no idea that I have a customer service issue going on with a client right. in right. New York. Right. right. They don't know, they don't care, and they shouldn't know or care. Right. So I'm going to work on that. And, I, and I'm, I'm not saying that I, you know, and borderline should be imprisoned, but <laughs> just. <laughs> but, oh my! What's but, he about to but say? But to the overall point, mm-hmm. we've talked about next level growth. Yeah, trying to trying to get folks to the next level. Right. Get myself to the next right. level. Because as a reminder, I've never met a mirror I didn't like. <laughs> okay, uh, third bucket of the four buckets to focus on: career. So, <laughs> uh, you know, you got to pay the bills. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta have enough uh, uh, you know, commitment to bringing in that bread, so to speak. Mm-hmm. As what is, what did Chenoweth say? Funny money. Funny money. You gotta have enough commitment to the funny money to be able to pay for the ridiculous mortgage in the yeah. Lower West Side. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so focusing on the career, pause and reflect on that, but f- trying to establish simply this: the right balance of what you give to your company. And what you get in return. I'm not asking anyone to consider to be a slacker. I'm I'm asking everyone to consider being more efficient with their time. And when you're working, you're working. When you're with your kids, you're giving your kids the focus and the dedication. Because I am as guilty as anyone of that simple fact. I waste and don't there's not a person on the planet that works in corporate America that doesn't waste time. So how about we try this? Waste less time at the office and give less time to the office when you're at home. That's all I'm saying. So from a pause and reflect standpoint, does that resonate with you, Dan? It absolutely does. Okay. Because for a lot of people, work just fills any space that appears to be empty. Yeah. And that, and what's not and you got to protect that space, right? Thank you. And and I'm and again, I'm not a social media uh, purveyor. Uh, so then you get into that that habit or that issue of work fills the gaps, and if work's not filling a gap, then social media fills the gaps, mm-hmm. and all oh, Instagram fills the gaps, and this fills the gaps, and that means what has been lost. Because right. if a piece of pie, there's only a hundred percent available on the life of pie. Right. So, all right, last bucket, personal health. Mm. I believe that before you can truly be good to others, you need to be good to yourself. But I don't put personal health at number one because I still need to take care of my wife and kids and make money to be able to pay the bills. I'll deal with my personal health at the end. But I still believe to have the best level of personal health will be the best person for you and others. So refocusing on that, I'll tell you one thing that I I did not make a commitment to in 2018. I paid money to play in a basketball league. I showed up once. 
<laughs> All yep. right. But I to make a point to see how much I would enjoy it, I went the other night on Thursday night and played with a great group of guys. Um, you know, you know, bumping and playing yeah, with yeah. there's D- D- Division 1 basketball players out there, right? You know, I was a col- a high school basketball player, college football player, but enjoyed it and that's a piece of the of the personal health that I need that I need to do right, more. Right. I've also taken a little bit of a hiatus hiatus on reading. I'm going to get back into reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say hiatus, I mean like a month and a half. I've already started the second series of Red, uh, the Red Sparrow series with the, uh, you know, the espionage CIA versus Russia deal. But I'm typically a, uh, you know, more of a futuristic dystopian novel guy. So I'm mm-hmm. going to come back on that. But I don't want to have any time in 2019 where I'm not reading. So from a personal health, sta- personal health standpoint, let's recap it, though. Four buckets. The pause and reflect on the wife or partner bucket, the kids bucket, the career bucket, and the personal health bucket. Don't make any grand New Year's resolutions, <laughs> right. all right? Just focus on those four buckets and try and put your, push yourself to the next level in each bucket. Uh, push your part, wife or partner's buttons where you can to try and be on more on the same page yeah. communicate, communicatively, collaboratively. Um, be more present with the kids, focus the right amount of time with the career. Don't waste time and then do what, do something for your own personal health. So that's the recap and everybody do your best to get through, uh, you know, Christmas coming up in a few days. Um, I can't wait to, to come back and, and pause cast about that over the next couple of weeks because the holidays are not over. I, I like, yeah, to, I no. like the holidays are a good you know, between you know the multiple you know, types of religious holidays, I mean, it's it's two month process. Oh yeah. So we're sure. this is only week two of, <laughs> right. of the holiday season <laughs> right. for the something's brewing. So in closing, remember when you keep a positive attitude, something's always brewing. Take it easy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.